sometimes if, if we don't know what we want, it's like, we're just playing in the, in what's here right now. And like, yeah, that's great being in the present moment. But the reality is when you're co-creating a reality with another human being, it needs to be discussed. of Dear Men. Fan favorite, Girl Talk. Girl Talk. Thanks for being here with me, ladies. I love these episodes. And um, this one is particularly personally relevant and something I've been sort of noticing in in the field, meaning like in in my group of friends and sort of wider themes. Um, And it's around leading someone on. So the energy of leading, leading on, leading a person on and possibly being led on. So, um, there's a lot to unpack here and, um, I'm interested in, I guess I just want to sort of preface this by saying the intention of this is, is open heartedness, like to sort of increase transparency and, and create more of a sense of safety around the topic. Um, and so I'm, I would love to hear from anyone that has, like thoughts or feelings about it, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com for any, you know, space holding around that. So we'll start like normal. We'll just go around and say our names and um, our ages, our relationship status, scale of zero to 10. So zero is single AF and 10 is taken AF and uh, anywhere in between that you fall on that scale. And um, who was a, a fun wild card question? Oh, what was the name of your favorite stuffed animal when you were a child? All right, so I'll start. Um, Mel, uh, mid thirties. I I would rate my singlehood at a two, and um, relationship status two. And my favorite stuffed animal was Snoopy. I am Z. I'm in my mid thirties. Um, I am a, a zero single in real life, but I guess in my head, it, the number's a little higher because I have lots of fantasy all the time. <laughs> and my favorite stuffed animal when I was little was probably my brother's little bear because he called it Kissy Bear. Kissy Bear, okay. It's adorable. I'm Carrie. I'm in my late 30s. I am... Single and hoping to not be soon. I've just met someone that's feeling promising and exciting. Oh, girl! Yeah, <laughs> it's really new, really new. And my favorite stuffed animal—it was a Care Bear. I, I can't remember which oh, one, but it had like I think there. sunshine belly and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the sunshine bear. <laughs> Hey everyone, my name is Nancy. I am 25 and let me tell you, I'm single. Okay. (laughs) Zero. Zero. Okay, great. But you don't make it sound fun, Nancy. (laughs) Oh, really? I feel like I I said that very enthusiastically, but I guess not. There's nothing wrong with being zero single. You know, I'll throw that out there. Zero single is 10 available. 
I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. body is ready. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like flip the switch on that. Yeah. It is true though. It is, right? Yeah. Okay. So um and- my fa- oh, I gotta mention my favorite stuffed animal. Oh, yeah. So right. it was a Stitch. It was you know from Lilo and Stitch, uh, the Disney franchise. That was yeah, my favorite yeah. stuffed animal. Oh, it's cute, guys! Yeah. I think our stuffed animals would have been friends. Kissy okay. <laughs> <laughs> bear, kissy bear. Stitch. Um, cool. So, okay. So today's topic is around uh, leading on, leading onness. And um, we're going to start with sort of stories that we have personally of feeling, feeling led on. And um, I guess I just sort of want to like preface this by saying, I think that for a lot of um, men, there's this experience of like, when I'm with a woman, I'm present or I'm connected or I'm in the moment I'm with her. And then there's sort of like, there's nothing after that. Like, it's sort of like, I'm here and then, you know, that's the end of the encounter, right? And I think that for the feminine, one thing when I was listening to everyone's stories about this that I noticed was, for the feminine, the experience is about more than just that moment of being with with the man, right? There's the moment of being with the man and then there's sort of the after effects, like what happens after that whole sense, like it's almost like a bubble or something, like it's bigger than just that one moment. And so I think that fundamentally there's sort of a tension between um, between that. So I just sort of want to bring up, like, there's the what happened and then there's the what happened after the what happened. So I kind of want, if we could attend to that in our stories, I think it's going to come out naturally, but I kind of wanted to name that up front because that feels like a fundamental sort of misunderstanding or tension in, you know, in this topic. So who would like to start with a time that they felt let on and what happened and what the effects were? This is Carrie. I'm happy to go first. Great. All right. So I met a really delicious man at a transformational event and I was not looking or I was really caught off guard, let's say by the way that he pursued me. And it felt really amazing. Like I, he just came at me in such a way, like, I want you. Um, he was, he, I remember he said something like toward the end of the event, he was like, I want to take you away for the weekend. And I was like, whoa, like I had never had a man come at me like that before. And I'm yeah. like, this feels really just claiming and delit. Like I surrendered in such a way that was like, well, yes, we're <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm in. And he said, you know, I'm going to clear my schedule and make myself available for you. I know that you have a busy week coming up. Um, let me know when you're available. And we actually didn't end up going away for the weekend, but he created this just epic date experience, sunset, uh, sensual dinner, curated music, bath, like just all of this incredible romantic stuff. And I had just never felt more taken care of and loved. And after that experience, um, he spends time in multiple locations in the U.S. And so he was preparing to leave where I lived um, and he had a little bit of time left. So he had invited me on one more date and I, I felt 
yeah, just incredible about it. Like to me, I felt like we were on the same page. It, it felt very relationshipy the way that he was really committing and bringing presence to our time together. And so when he was preparing to, uh, to leave, I said like, he wasn't really giving any indication of what was going to happen next. And so I asked him and I just felt this like this drop of energy, like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get together. You know, I'm sure you'll visit me. I'll visit you. And so that was my first red flag. But then when he left, I felt this massive shift after a few days, like he was in touch, but there was a way that his in touchness wasn't the same anymore. And when I asked him about it, he really he just denied that anything had changed. And later I found out that he had actually met another woman and began to create an experience with her. And I just felt so, I felt like a door was slammed in my face. Like there was this door wide open as if you're walking through like this five-star hotel and like multiple people grab the doors and open them and just welcome you in with this red carpet. And then it was like door slammed in my face and I'm out there like, wait, what just happened? I thought, this was different than where we seem to be right now. Um, Yeah. And, and um, I'm curious, like, so in that example, like the emotional experience for you, it sounds like you felt, um, did you feel dropped? Like what was the, what was happening in your body? For example, like what was the experience you were having? Yeah. Just, I was nauseous. I felt really like empty. It was a feeling of being dropped feeling of being discarded or just like trashed, like, okay, I used you. That was fun. Now I'm on to the next adventure. And like, you forgot to tell me about that. And yeah, yeah, I really started blaming myself. I think that was another emotional effect. Like maybe I should have known, maybe I should have clarified more. Maybe I just projected and read into it. Um, and I'm willing to take responsibility for, I think those are important questions and, and moving forth. I mean, I ask those now and I think there was a way that, you know, I don't know that women are used to being treated like that in those epic experiences, which is a sad thing to say, but I do think it's the reality. So when you're capable of creating that, I just wonder, you know, how the dialogue can be more um, clear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I have a feeling that those themes are going to come up in the rest of our stories. And the thing I want to highlight, what I heard was like, shit, did I do something wrong? Like, kind of like, blaming ourselves or, or what I heard you say was like, did I not ask the right questions? Did I not do the right thing? Did I not handle this the right way? Um, a lot of sort of like self-doubt and blame. And I'm just wondering if you can speak very briefly to, do you think that's what he meant for you to feel? No, I don't think he really had any clue. I think in his mind, he's fine with having an experience and then moving on and we've since actually spoken about it and he has clarified that, um, but it wasn't okay for my system. And had I known it was going to be that without continued like connection, connection, the same level of presence, I, I don't know what my choice would have been uh, about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's also a good point. And which is sort of like the topic of like leading someone on is sort of like the misalignment of like, I thought I was being going this way with you. And now I'm not like, I, I feel, I feel a little misled, um, whether or not the person meant you to feel misled. I have a feeling in each of our stories, I don't think the men meant to mislead us. 
Mm-hmm. And we had the experience of that. So there's a, there's a tension there too. Um, so yeah, thank you. That was, thank you. You're welcome. Who's next? And everybody go at once guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess since I was called out. <laughs> so my story is actually kind of fresh. I mean, it's scabbing over a little bit. This may be picking up the scabs a little bit, but I think uh, just, I, I want to give that context. So it's, you know, kind of top of mind. And I love that we're, we're talking about this and, um, yeah, hopefully this is a way to heal, but, uh, <laughs> hopefully everyone, I, you know, when I'm sharing my, my story, the emotions will really come across in a way that, you know, shows like showed the impact on me since yeah. it was something that was, that's fresh of mine. So anyway, so recently I did a little solo trip to Sydney, Australia. Hello, mate. And wait, that was terrible. <laughs> that was really an accident. <laughs> But uh, hopefully my, my story will make up for that. But anyway, so I had booked this experience through Airbnb. They have this, this kind of platform where you can actually book tours. And I booked this experience on a, uh, that, uh, where we went out sailing on a boat. And I'm on the boat. I started talking to this guy who, you know was I mean when I first saw him I was like oh I think he's like with that group of guys but then I I later found out that he was doing the solo traveling thing as well and then he just sort of kind of migrated towards me during the entirety of the trip and he was he was first kind of sitting on the other side of the boat and then eventually you know he made his way over we started chatting it was a really good conversation his body language just showed that he was really interested in me he was asking a lot of really good questions he seemed interested right because he was he was he was asking questions and and it just the way that he just leaned into the conversation made me just um start to you know be like oh this guy's like actually really cool and oh he's also a solo traveler and, and you know I started having yeah, like things started coming out of the conversation and realized like oh he's really ambitious and cool and smart and he's kind he asks great questions all the qualities that I love in a man and so then after that sailing experience which was about I don't know three two or three hours we went out to get lunch with two other guys who were also on that Airbnb experience. And so then we got lunch. And then after that, we all went to a bar. And then that evening, he was scheduled to go on another Airbnb experience that I had participated in two nights before, and it was a bar crawl. And so he invited me. He said, you know, you should come along, go into this thing. And then I was like, oh, think about it. Right. I, I didn't want to, <laughs> like, I don't like, oh my God, yeah. You know, <laughs> even though it was obviously like, yeah, I want to spend more time with this guy. Obviously I'm, I'm really attracted to him and I think he's really cool. And then the Airbnb host had like kind of invited me. He like reached out to me and I was like, all right. Yeah. Since, you know, he invited me on his tour, then I'll go. So then we ended up, uh, he ended up kind of leaving. And then I met up with him later in the night. And then th- during throughout the night, we started getting a little bit more flirty and close physically and, you know, things, you know, progressed. And then we started kissing and making out. And then um, he 
initiated or he, you know, he brought up, you know, do you want to like go back to your place? Right. And then I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And so then he came over to my Airbnb and then we basically did, you know, we're, we're very intimate. We had, we did everything but have sex. Um, and then the next morning, I mean, obviously we were kind of, we were a little bit tipsy, but then the next morning he, we, we get up and then he, you know, he starts getting playful. And so at this point I know, okay, he's not just, you know, getting physically intimate with me because he's drunk or anything. Like he's actually sober and he's still engaging. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then we get up and then he asks if I want to go to breakfast and then we go to breakfast. We have, we continue to have a great conversation at breakfast. And then after breakfast, we kind of part ways and he gives me a kiss on the cheek and he says, text me later. Okay. So I'm like, okay, cool. I guess, you know, he is interested. He did, he wants to, he wants me to reach out to him during um, the rest of while I'm like still here in in Sydney. And so then a day passes. I don't text him quite yet because I want to give him the opportunity to reach out to me because I think that's kind of romantic, you know, like having a man lead and initiate in that way. Um, And then another day passes. He doesn't text me still. And then I I decided, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to shoot my shot. You know, I'm going to go for what I want. And so I texted him and I invited him out and I said, Hey, I'm going to this, going to this bar. If you want to come along, let me know. I'll share the details with you. And then, uh, he responds and says he's busy or whatever. Um, and he has like to sleep early to get up. He has to sleep early, like to get up early. And then, um, I think at that point I realized, or like I had the sense that he just wasn't interested in me like it just I don't know I just felt through the text that it was really cold and distant right and the fact that he hadn't texted me for two days even though he had my contact information and even though we had spent basically a day together that he maybe wasn't interested anymore was he ever interested I don't know these are the questions that are running through my mind right and so then I uh, I, I respond and whatever. I just, I shoot him over a text in response to that. And I'm like, oh, would love to, you know, I don't know if when you're leaving, but I'd still love to see you. And, um, you know, kind of as sharing with him that I was really homesick and, and that was kind of vulnerable for me. And then he responds and he just doesn't really address the topic of us getting together, but he kind of like says, like he just works around it or like just answer, responds to everything else. And then eventually he just completely stopped texting me back and I was so sad I just felt so sad and in the same way that Carrie shared about you know she she mentioned blaming herself Uh, my analogy for the situation uh which but Carrie I love your your door slamming in the face analogy my analogy for my situation is that I felt like I was driving through an intersection and I just got t-boned and I was like what the f- just happened I mean what just I, I thought everything was going well I thought he liked me we spent an entire 
day and a half, you know, 24 hours plus together and you were engaging, you're asking me questions, you got intimate with me. Like, how did we go from you enthusiastically eating me out in the morning to you completely just ghosting me, right? And so all these questions were going running through my mind of, you know, am I not good enough? And I was, you know, trying to pinpoint an exact moment where maybe, you know, I did something that made him feel not disinterested in me. Um, you know, I was like, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but I was like, he, he's white and I'm Asian mixed. And I was like, is it cause I'm not white enough? Is it cause I'm Asian? Is it cause I'm not pretty enough? Is it something I said, something I did? What's wrong with me? Why doesn't he like me? And, you know, I just felt so, again, those, those terms that you use, Carrie, used, dropped, discarded, disregarded, unappreciated, those were all of things that I felt. And, um, you know, I think something that you mentioned too, Carrie, is like, yeah, he probably, he probably didn't realize the impact that he had on me. He was probably just out in Sydney, you know, traveling. He wanted to do the solo traveling thing, but then why didn't you communicate with me? You know, I feel like I'm a very reasonable person. Like if you would have just said, Hey, you know, I, you know, really appreciated meeting you had a great time though. I just, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in, in, you know, or I'm not available to hang out in Sydney. Um, then, uh, you know, then I would have, I would have understood that, you know, and it wouldn't have caused all of this, questioning that I that I partook in on my own and just you know beating myself up over the situation um he was probably you know he was probably just out there he was like oh I'm Sydney like whatever I'm just gonna do what I want to do like I don't want to feel tied down to anybody but yeah oh yeah that story makes me really sad and I there's a couple things that I I heard really loudly but the the thing that I kind of want to pull out is kind of like the heartbreak yeah. Like the sense of like loss or just like, and confusion, like the sense of confusion and loss. Like you, you mentioned the car accident. Mm-hmm. I also had, and not exactly that same thing, but I've had that sense before of like, what just happened? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, and it takes me like a couple of days to be like, what the fuck just happened? Totally. Um, and <clears throat> you know, we're going to talk about communication later, but like, yeah, like there's another way to do it. Right. And there, and it would have been really different if, if he, if let's say you had texted him and he had called you and said like, Hey, I just want to talk about this. Like, I know we had a really amazing night and I loved it and I'm feeling, I'm not feeling called to meet up again, but I wanted to check in with you about that and see how you're doing. Yeah. Like then it wouldn't have felt so much like what the hell happened. It would have been like, Oh, okay. Well, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And there was like, there would have been some space for you to kind of share and mm-hmm. have, have an experience around that of communication. So right. I just sort of want to point out, like, this isn't the only way this stuff can go down. And, um, and just impact-wise, you know, how did that affect the rest of your trip? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I was miserable. I was so depressed <laughs> for the next, for the rest of my trip. It was another, I think, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, like three or four days after that happened and um yeah I was I was so so sad there was one day that I cried for I think five hours (laughs) yeah like bawling hello I don't like 
bawling for five hours. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't cry a ton, but I cried so much that day. And, you know, I, I, um, another thing that I was kind of mulling over was what I obviously contemplated reaching out to him and, and saying, you know, Hey, I really like you. I, I was, I was going to risk it all. I was like, constantly, I was going to risk it all. I was like, Hey, I was going to say, Hey, I really, you know, I really like you. It doesn't seem like you're engaging with me. Like, is this not something that you're interested in? Um, but I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to come off as crazy. Mm-hmm. I hate that yeah. fucking word. Crazy, crazy. People yeah. always, you know, throw this word at women like yeah crazy like I don't barely know you like I met you 24 hours ago you know I was just I was like what what can I ask of this guy we're not in a relationship we hardly know one another I just met him on this trip like is is having you know slept with him enough yeah I totally hear you because it's like I think when there isn't a container of a relationship I think that we question whether we have the right to our feelings, right? right? It's like, I shouldn't feel heartbroken. I shouldn't feel as sad as I do. I shouldn't feel dropped. I shouldn't feel all these things, but I've been talking to a bunch of people about this now. And it's sort of like, but the feelings are happening. Right. And I, and I, one thing I also want to point out here is Nancy, you don't often meet guys that you resonate with. Yeah. Right. So this was a rare experience for you. Mm -hmm. And, and I also just sort of want to yeah speak to that of like, Carrie, you had never been treated like that before. Mm-hmm. Like a man creating that kind of space and that kind of date and that kind of experience was totally new. Mm-hmm. So there, so like this deeply resonant thing that happens, like, I think that's part of it. If these guys were lame, it wouldn't have felt as bad, but there's, it's almost like the high, high, and then the low, low, right? Like this is a roller coaster goes all the way up. And then, and then if you're dropped, if you feel dropped, it's way worse than if it was just some fucking fuck boy. Like the, the reason that these <laughs> stories I think are so painful is, is partly, you know, the resonance. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's important context to have. I think is, is that like, for me personally, I don't often have these experiences. I often don't, uh, you know, I obviously the, the reason why I was so hurt was because I was invested and I was so vulnerable. And in retrospect, I was very much myself. And I think that's why it hurt so much is that mm-hmm. I, I risked it all. <laughs> and I was myself and I, I shared about my my flaws and insecurities and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh God, you know, I used to be a perfectionist. So then there you go. I, I because of this incident, you know, and incidents like it, then I start beating myself up again. And I'm like, oh no, like I have to I have to revert back to this, this, you know, showing people or giving people this um false perspective that I am perfect because you know, when I'm vulnerable like this people won't, guys won't like me. Yeah. And I, and that speaks to something I wanted to touch on too, which is the effect of this experience. Would you say that now you're more guarded with the masculine and you feel less trusting and less safe? I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm healing, right. This happened relatively recently. So it's, it's scarring over and I've been picking at my scabs a little bit and, but, but yeah, I, I would say that I am, I do feel very defensive and I feel very protective. Obviously, you know, I try to remind myself in those instances and in those moments that it's not about you. It's not personal though, even though it feels so personal, but 
yeah, I, I, I do to answer your question, feel very defensive. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I, again, like at the beginning of the episode, I talked about sort of impact. Like, I think it's important to understand the after effects of deep connection, even if it's just for a night, there are these after effects. There's what happens after. And if it's sort of left incomplete, like a circle that hasn't been completed, Mm -hmm. there's often a lot of pain and heartbreak, it seems, from what I'm hearing. And that's just something to know. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's something for all of us to know. Um, But this podcast is for men and especially just for men to know, you know, there's the moment and then there's what happens after. And for the feminine, that's a big part of the experience. It's not a small part of the experience. And there is a healthy, good, responsible, like caring way to wrap it up that I think is really like what I kind of want to leave listeners with is like, there is hope here. And, you know, just, I just really wanted people to understand the impact. So do you or want a way to open it? a way to open it, like Carrie was saying, create a container in which it's like, this is what I'd like to do in this situation. Are you available for this? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Carrie might've been like, yeah, okay. Now I know what I'm entering into. And Nancy Meaning like, like, I'm available for an amazing weekend yeah. and then I'm going to, I'm going to leave and I'm yeah. not available for connection after that. Or like, is Nance, that okay? Yeah. With like, you? Hey, I'm traveling. I really, really like you. I'd love to spend the night with you, but I'm going to be traveling on the next day. Like, is this mm-hmm. something you're interested in? And then Nance could have been like, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Carrie could have been like, yes right. or no. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And Another then you con- that your own expectations for it as well. Sorry, Nance, what were you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Just, but just this last piece of context, I don't want to hog the entire conversation, but you know, another piece of context was uh, in in that text message that when we were texting after all of after the actual like, you know, the spending of time together, he had messaged me and said something along the lines of, you know, I'm not available to go to this bar, so this is something you know we should. Um, we should do st- stateside, right? So then I have this expectation that like, oh, he does want to see me stateside. Because that so, is an expectation. You're not right. Being- and he also said the thing when you guys were in bed together of like, oh, we can do it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. 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 So you're not making this stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not crazy. You are not crazy. Yeah. You are not, not crazy. crazy. Yeah. Not crazy. All right. Okay. Um, I will go. Um, I met this person um, sort of during and in between a travel, I'm going to make this very brief. I met them in a bar situation. So it was a connection in which they approached me and he, this is a little, yeah, guy, right? yeah, he, sorry. Yeah. Um, he approached me and during the course of the conversation, when I was asking him questions, I had said, he had asked me what I was looking for. And I had said that I was looking obviously to be and you know, to love and be loved. So like a loving relationship. This is a pretty deep conversation for a bar. Yes. Yes. Which is why I kept connecting with him because I asked him all sorts of intimate, deep questions to be honest, trying to scare him away (laughs) because I didn't really want to be approached. That's the truth. And I was hoping that I'd ask him two questions and he'd sort of wander away terrified, but he didn't. He kept asking, he kept answering my questions really honestly and looking me in the eyes and that got me. And so by the end, that was the last thing that I had asked him. He said, what are you looking for? And I said, I'm looking for somebody that I can love and be deeply loved by and have a nice connection and laugh and have awesome sex with and travel with. And he pretty much said, well, that's me. And I was like, haha, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I did like him enough by the way that he connected with me that I did go out with him. The point of the story is that we were in connection for a while while we were sort of both doing our thing and traveling. It was mostly through text message and we were relating pretty strongly. 
Um, I was in the midst of traveling and I only like to sort of give energy to one person at a time because otherwise for me, it gets too confusing. So there were connections that I potentially could have pursued when I was traveling that I chose not to. He did not tell me not to in any way. That was my choice, but it was because I really liked him. And he was also fostering a connection in which I did think, and he led me to believe that he really liked me. And when I would return, we would be in relationship. He did not say any of those words, but we were texting every day and there was this interaction. So when I did come home um, and we were continuing to date, we were just dating. That's the truth. And then as you continue to date, you know, you start opening yourself up a little bit more. We were sharing things. We were going out on dates and hanging out and having sex. And yes. And we started having sex, which, yeah. For me, I have not been with many, many people. So that's actually still a thing for me. I, you know, I don't do that a lot. So it's a big deal if I choose to do that with somebody. And I did because I wanted to. Then I started being nicer to him. And by that, you know, doing little things for him, being more caring and opening myself up in that particular way. And that is when all of a sudden out of the blue one night, um, when I was hanging out with him, he said something to the effect of, why are you even still hanging out with me if you know that I don't really want to be in relationship? And I remember being shocked. Like I didn't, I literally didn't know what to say. And I remember like losing my words sort of, and just being like, well, I like you. That was the moment of me starting to feel kind of stupid in this connection because the truth was, is how it started out with was I did think that he was in it for a relationship And then it turned into, I'm not really sure if I'm ready for a relationship. And then it turned into, I don't want relationship with you. And that was a really crappy experience because I noticed that it did coincide with me starting to be kinder and nicer. And um, I think that's when to his, I do believe this man is a good man, actually, which is why I kept connecting with him. Um, And I don't have anything bad to say about him he was the one that brought up the conversation to me, I think, because he knew that I was investing in a relationship way. And he had ID'd at some point that for whatever reason of his own personal stuff, um, that he wasn't ready. This felt a little bit betraying to me because there is that voice in you that says, well, what the fuck, dude? Like you, you kind of were open for relationship and then you got to know me and saw how awesome you are and tell me you think that I'm awesome and amazing and now don't want relationship at all. You know, like in the beginning, when you didn't know me, you were open to some kind of a relationship. And then now that you actually know me and tell me that I'm awesome and tell me you're really attracted to me, you don't want relationship, 0%. And so eventually what had happened is I ended up completely cutting off our connection because it wasn't serving me. What was the effect? The effect on me and the impact that it had is I felt really dumb. I felt really stupid. I felt that... um it had been my fault for not clarifying from the beginning because he had done everything on his part, I believe, to try to be honest and upfront and have conversations with me. And it wasn't like I was not having these conversations or blatantly ignoring things, you know, like, oh, he told me he doesn't like me, la la la. You know, like I wasn't being dumb like that, but I felt like, oh, I really should have asked so many more important questions before I just assumed that he was on the same page with me. And then looking back on it now, the moment at his house when he would have said, 
you know, I don't think I'm ready. I'm not sure if I'm ready for relationship. What I would have liked to have done now is actually said, thank you for letting me know that I'm not on the same page with that. I thought we were on this page. I'm going to leave your house now. And you let me know when you figure that out, because this is what I want. Even if it's only for, you know, a couple months until you figure out if you're going to travel again or whatnot, like I was okay with that. I wasn't looking for a marriage lifelong anything, but the experience for me was that, oh, this is probably the most important. It left me with a little bit of a scar that when I'm actually nice and kind and vulnerable, that's when you don't like me, Mm. you know, like, and, Mm. and it's almost this experience of like, well, if I'm a bitch and if I play hard to get, and if I play games, then I'm going to get all of you. But as soon as I show like my kind heart, and as soon as I start doing nice things for people, then it's like, oh, you're so awesome. And I'm so physically attracted to you. And you're so hot and so awesome and so amazing. And I'm like, well, yeah, fucker. Then why don't you fucking want to be with me? Mm -hmm. So the experience as I'm noticing now, like it doesn't feel angry, but I'm noticing that the words I'm using and the tone is starting to get angry. So obviously that shows me that there's some sadness there and it comes out as anger for protection, but it does make me sad. And the impact was, is like Nance, I literally spent four or five days crying and I wasn't really connected to him that strong. I knew he wasn't the love of my life. I did not love him. That's the truth. I did not love him. I liked him a lot, but I didn't love him. So the experience was leaving me with all of these wounds that it pressed upon and feeling as though, could I have done something to keep myself a little safer? Mm -hmm. And how could I have done something in which, um, if he would have presented me with the opportunity, like, hey, I actually realized that I'm not ready for a relationship, but I really like you and I'd really like to sleep with you and I'd really like to blah, 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 blah. Then from the beginning, I would have had the option. Mm. Once I figured out that there was a choice, I made my choice for me, but it was already difficult at that point because I had already liked, yeah, I'd already already bonded bonded. with him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important word in this conversation because I think there's a way there's, there are, there's bonding and attachment stuff, um, not full on attachment, Mm -hmm. but there's bonding that does happen between people when there's resonance and that affects us especially I think as the feminine, like it really affects us and it affects how we move through the world. Mm -hmm. So it's, it gets really messy. Yeah. And, you know, in this case, it sounds like what I hear is um, when you started to open your heart more and when you got kinder, that's when he was attuned to you and was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I don't want to fuck this up. Like I don't want to hurt her. It's exactly true. And so uh, let me clarify again. Like, I don't think I want a relationship. And, but the way your system interpreted it was fuck when I show my heart, he goes away. Yeah. 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 And I do think that he was honest and kind and truthful. And I think he is a good man. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not like, fuck him. He did this to me. Like, I think he's a good man. And the experience for me was still really sad. And I'm sure the experience for him was also because we both didn't get what we wanted and liked each other and wanted to connect. Yeah but we couldn't connect on a place where we were both on the same page and could equally get our needs met. Yeah. Where you both felt safe. Yeah. Right. That's a sad story. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know exactly what I want and I want a best friend (laughs) that will turn into some hot lover. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, my turn. So I am, um, this is also pretty recent. And so I'm feeling a little queasy about sharing, but I'm going to do my best. Um, so I met a guy, um, in a, an online class that I was in. And so we'd been like kind of in the same like zone for like a couple months. And then, um, we were kind of like, you know, emailing back and forth. And then, um, the email started to get more personal and more deep. And then, um, we switched to texting, um, and he was in a different, he was in a different country. So, um, the, so basically my experience of it, I can only speak to my experience, but my experience was sort of that he was leading me in this direction. Like he, you know, his emails were personal, more personal. And then when we were texting, he was very much coming on strong, like kind of carry like the way that you were talking about it of like really creating this, you know, new kind of connection that I hadn't really had before with, um, a man like that. And so I, um, I was kind of leaning back. Like I was kind of like leaning back. Um, not, I was never leading. Right. Like I, I was, I was kind of being cautious. Like, I don't know, like he's in another country. This doesn't really make sense anyway. Um, but I did follow. Right. And so he's leading, I'm following, he's leading, I'm following. It's getting like more and more intense. And uh, like, it was kind of like spiritual sexting, basically like spiritual sexting. And then, um, and then he kind of dropped off and it was like a day and there was two days and it was three days and it was four days. And I was like, Oh, I guess this is not like happening anymore. And I, my sense is that he probably would have come back after like six days and been like, how are things, you know, like, I think he just was just didn't take it very seriously and was sort of like sort of coming in and out sort of thing. And my experience was that I felt really dropped and, you know, I, I told a girlfriend about this and, and, and I felt a lot of shame. Like I felt dropped and I felt shame. And then I felt like I shouldn't be feeling the strong feelings that I'm feeling. This makes no sense because again, like we didn't have agreements. He's not my boyfriend. We don't have a container, you know, whatever. And, and I did feel like sad, like really sad, like, like heartache, like heartache, sad. Like I also cried. Uh, I was kind of like down for a whole day, just like kind of depressed. Um, just like lackluster, you know, when you don't have any energy, you're just kind of moving, moving through the day, but it doesn't really mean anything to you. Just like really sad and ashamed. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel this way basically. So there's the feeling and then there's, I shouldn't be feeling this feeling, which is not productive, but we do anyway. Um, and then I, and then, and tellingly, I hadn't been showing anyone the messages because I felt like, I felt kind of, I don't know, like they were private or there was something special. It was like, like showing someone lingerie or something. But so I finally like opened up to a girlfriend and showed her some of the messages and she called me and was like, oh my God, like this, this was, this was like energetic sex. Like you, you, he kind of had energetic sex with you and then went away. And she, the way that she took it seriously kind of made me back up and sort of like reevaluate, like what the hell happened? Kind of like the car accident metaphor. Right. And I was meditating on it. And this image this sort of image came to me of the way it felt was as if like I was there, I, you know, had a blindfold on and he was leading me through this like beautiful wilderness. And it was like a really fun 
ride. Like I was following, he was leading. It was like beautiful every step of the way, like really like lovely. And then he like led me out into this lovely meadow and then left. And, 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 and so like, I stood there in the meadow for like a day being like, okay, I guess maybe like, he's just busy and he's going to come back and right. And then on day two, I took the blindfold off and looked around and was like, oh, I'm alone. Like I need to take care of myself and get out of this meadow, (laughs) like back to my life or whatever. And so I processed like all of these feelings of sort of like heartache and, and all of this stuff. And then, um, I did end up having a dialogue with him about it. Um, but the, the sort of point of it is sort of like, again, like there's the, there's the moment or there's the connection and there's the, the bonding or whatever that happens. And then there's the, what happens after. And for me in that experience, I, um, I felt, yeah, like I felt dropped and then, and then I felt so much shame about it that I, it's interesting because it is not at all the same thing as sexual assault, not at all. But what I notice when I hear women talk about it is a lot of the shame feelings feel similar of like, I shouldn't feel this, or it was my fault. There's a lot of sort of like self-blame. And I'm intrigued by that because there's, you know, um, there's a certain amount of responsibility that we need to take on our side, right? Like that is absolutely true. And there's an and, right? And that's kind of what I want to talk about briefly as a group is sort of like, where, where is the responsibility of like the other person, like the, uh, like the man, right? Like, because, um, you know, in my case, like when I shared with him, like I, I left him this message and was, and was sort of like, Hey, I I just, I just kind of need you to know I felt dropped. Like I feel, you know, self-conscious sharing that. Cause like, obviously we don't have a container or anything, but like that was my experience. Like it felt really sad and, and, and it felt bad, like felt really bad. Um, and I didn't feel met in his response. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like he was like, Oh man, I'm sorry about that. Like I, I never meant for you to feel dropped. I, you know, should have clarified expectations or we should have clarified expectations. I don't know. Like, how can we kind of fix this? Because we want you to feel that way. I felt a lot more sort of like, well, that's not my fault. Like you, you were there kind of like, it's your responsibility to be responsible for yourself. And there is an element of truth to that. Like, I totally agree. But these feelings that we, that like, I was literally having this experience at the same time as Nancy. And we were, and I was like, I was like, girl, like, how are you doing? Like, it just felt so intense. And I was like, I'm so positive that these men didn't want us to feel heartbreak. Like they, like they would have wanted us to feel positive about about these, like this guy, Nancy's guy, like, I'm sure he would feel terrible if it was basically like, this ruined my trip. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I didn't really like, it, it was like, oh my God, that was the effect that I had. That's really sad. I wouldn't want that to be the effect that I, that I have. I don't want that to be the effect that I have. And so I'm sort of like pointing this out as a like heads up of just, this is an effect that can happen, especially, you know, if it's not clear or, or you are leading in a direction of, of relationship, for example, like the, in my case, like I, he had sent me a book during the course of our like relating. And I sent him a picture of the book on my bed. And I was like, look at my nighttime reading. It was not a sexy picture. It was literally just a book on a pillow. Um, and he was like, I love it. Like my loving presence in your bed already, blah, 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 which like 
kind of, you know, it's sort of like leading to like, eventually I'll be in your bed. Mm -hmm. And then there was, there was a couple other things that he said that were sort of future pacing of like, you know, I listened to this song and the lyrics made me think like, maybe that's you. And the song was sort of about like meeting the one. Right. So I, you know, it was sort of like hints and, and like messages, like, um, like Nance, like years of like, yeah, we should do that stateside, which is sort of like, oh, like there's, there's a future, like what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like rather than, I don't know, like not saying those things, for example, because in, in my case, the conclusion I came to was sort of like, I, I kind of wish you hadn't led there. Like I wouldn't have felt as dropped if the bond hadn't been there and there hadn't been some of that like future pacing stuff. Like you said some really intense stuff to me. I, I kind of wish you just hadn't said that stuff, you know, like, um, so yeah, open discussion on where is our responsibility and, and, you know, where is their responsibility? Well, there ain't going to be no future if you don't text me back, honey. I guess what, what I came to in the connections that I've had, and especially with this person is I am actually really appreciative and grateful because it allowed me to clarify kind of where I was stuck and where I don't vocalize or ask questions about how we're going to connect in the future or what's actually happening. So I was able to really fine tune where I was not being like, I guess where I was wobbling in what I wanted for a relationship. And after this person, I was like, no, I really do want a relationship that is an intimate, connected, one-on-one committed connection where I'm building something with somebody and we have a lot of fun and a lot of great sex, but we connect and we're in the relationship together. And what I realized is the responsibility about connection is I think my person did a really good job taking responsibility once he kind of was like, oh shit, I think something's going on here. And I got to, I have to give him credit for that. And in the future, I realized my responsibility in the connection is also to not assume anything and to actually check in because I connect a lot to Nancy's guy in the sense that I used to be more of a traveler relationship person. And that used to be common for me to have really intimate, not sexual, but really intimate emotional connections with people and then completely disconnect thinking that it was completely fine and, and wandering off having this wonderful feeling about that connection. And I think back on that, when I heard Nancy's story, did I really deeply hurt people? And what was my impact when I was in that state kind of having emotional connections like a traveler? Cause that's kind of what it brought up. Nancy is he's traveling and he's having a emotional physical connection, like a traveler, not like somebody that's willing to stick around but giving the impression that they're fully present and there for the moment and weird little hints in the forest about future connection that they do or don't, I don't know, have any intention of keeping, which is very confusing. And it's a crappy experience for the person on the other end. Yeah. Zia, I was really relating to you when you were talking about only, you know, pointing energy in one relational direction at a time. And I think my biggest learning and and ownership of my piece of things is really just being clear that that is true for me. Like I, when I'm relating, I'm doing that one, one man at a time and, and being able to clarify whether or not he's interested in doing the same thing because I'm very energetically sensitive. And when I can feel other women in his field and he's not telling me about that, like I 
there's a way that my body like can't open to that. Um, and I find I can open more freely just when there's truth in the space. And so in terms of who's responsible for what, like, I don't know that I feel a hundred percent clear about that because I think those lines are blurry and these are pretty, some pretty advanced concepts because so much of it is like the person's intention might be great. And I, I find that a lot of times this just takes deep self-awareness on both sides because I think sometimes if, if we don't know what we want, it's like, we're just playing in the, in what's here right now. And like, yeah, that's great being in the present moment. But the reality is when you're co-creating a reality with another human being, it needs to be discussed. And, and I want to discuss my part and what I need and before, during, and after like the aftercare of a relationship, I feel like is so left out. Like we're doing like the, the foreplay and the during thing. And then like, we don't plan for how are we going to take care of each other after this experience. And I, you know, I would love a partner to lead in, in that way, whether it's his responsibility or not, I don't know, but I do have a fantasy that, that a man is going to, um, to be clear about what he wants, um, before he leads me somewhere. And that does feel kind of fantastical perhaps, or romanticizing. Um, but you know, as a feminine being, I desire to be able to trust my man to lead me anywhere. And I think that, I want that to begin at the beginning, like by leading a conversation about what we're doing here and what I need to feel safe. And, um, and interestingly enough, this particular man that I referenced earlier did do that. He was asking me what I needed to feel safe, but it was more like, what do I need to feel safe in this moment Mm -hmm. versus what do I need to continue feeling loved and taken care of beyond this moment, which is where I think we had that miscommunication. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And it's interesting because I ran, I I started opening up more. Right. And I ran some of this stuff by my, my guy friends. Right. And, and I got some interesting responses. Um, like one of my guy friends, um, Jake, who I have a lot of respect for, uh, you know, he was asking me a little bit about it and then he was like, well, what did he actually say? And I mentioned some of the things that he said and he was like, whoa, I wouldn't say that to a woman unless I was in a relationship with her and it had been at least like three months. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of like another kind of reality check of like, yeah, that, that he was like, yeah, that's intense. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that there's, there's sort of a way of like, it's almost like, don't come for me if you're not going to follow through Mm -hmm. and just don't, just don't come for me. Right. Like I'm not saying, you know, you did it wrong per se, but the reason I felt dropped is because I sort of assumed you'd have follow through and you didn't. So just don't come for me. And that, that man, um, Jake told me a couple of stories where he was like, yeah, I, you know, I was like, well, tell me about your journey in this way. Like, you know, why, why you seem to take really good care of the feminine. You, you seem like your energy is really clean. I don't experience you going for women and then dropping them. I experience you as very like responsible with your sexual energy you couldn't have always been that way. Right. And he related a couple of stories, one, like a couple from college where he was like, yeah, I mean, I slept with a woman and then ran into her at a party a couple of weeks later. And she basically said like, I felt really dropped. Like I did, I, I did, I felt dropped. And he was like, Oh, and that was sort of his first indication that there's, there's this after effect. <laughs> and then, and then a couple of weeks later or something, there was another woman who similar kind of thing. And she was like, 
you got drunk and you didn't even walk me home. Like I didn't feel safe at the end of that date. Yeah. And that really woke him up. And he was like, Oh fuck. Like, how am I, you know, it's like completing the circle, right? Oh, like I get it now. Like there's, there's what happens and then there's what happens after. And if I actually want to take care of the feminine, then I need to pay attention to that too. And that felt really good to hear. And then I ran it by a different guy friend and he was sort of like, yeah, like he was like, I will sit down like at dates now and be like, here's what I'm available for, you know? And he'll kind of go through, like, I'm not available for the white picket fence. I am available for great sex, great conversation. And I want your life to be better because I'm in it. Mm. Like, you know, like he think he's like, the way that I think about it now is I think in, in a year, I want this woman's life to be better because I was in it, not worse. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I don't want to leave her worse off. And he actually goes back and ish and like apologizes to women that he was like, I, I kind of led you on yeah. and I'm sorry. And I was like, my mind was blown. Right. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I didn't even know this was like a thing that men did. That's um, exactly. Called the 12 step. Just <laughs> <laughs> I just really appreciated like how much he's taking ownership over yeah. his impact. Right. So there's yeah, there's the intent conversation of like, oh, I didn't mean for that to happen. And then there's sort of like the impact of like, yeah, this seems to be a pattern, right? Like if all four of us have a story kind of like this, like mm-hmm. that's the gap that I see is like, I just don't think that any of these men would have wanted us to feel so sad and be questioning ourselves and be like, God, did I do something wrong? Yeah. And, you know, in my case, for example, like I felt like such an idiot. I felt so stupid, like just yeah. such an idiot. Like I can't believe I got sucked in. Like I can't like just so much shame. And I, I don't think that he would want me to feel like a despair pit hole of shame. And like, you know what I mean? Really? Like, That's confusing. Like, and feel disgusting. And like, you know, like, I'm like, I don't think that was your intention. Like, it's different if you're a psychopath. And we're talking about normal people, like yeah. normal men that I think would want their impact to be good yeah. for us. They would want to leave us better than we, than they found us. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Nance, I'm kind of with you where I'm like, I do feel more guarded now. I feel less likely to open up to the next man. I feel more armor. And, and that, you know, I think is a pretty common, um, what's the word experience of the masculine of like meeting guarded armored women. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I kind of really wanted to bring this to light. Cause I'm like, I think there's a tie in here and Carrie, like you said, it's gray, obviously. Um, but I'm just wondering if we can briefly, I mean, I'd love to hear any, I'm sure that brought up some stuff, but then I'd love to just hear a couple of examples of men that you feel like have been really responsible and clean about their sexual energetic like connections with you and what the difference is and and the impact. I, if I could, I just, I would just love to speak to this question you pose Mel about self-responsibility because it's a topic that I, in this concept that, that I often ponder and think about in my day to day, I'm someone who takes a lot of self-responsibility sometimes to a fault, you know, in, in my life and situations, no one to blame but myself. And so I think Carrie mentioned something very, very, very critical earlier when she was sharing her story about, you know, she said something along the lines of, hey, I'll take responsibility for my feelings, right? I'll take responsibility for my part in this situation because, I mean, it takes two to tango, right? And, you know, for me personally, I understand that I only feel the ways that I allow myself to feel. And honestly, I felt like there were so many questions that I asked myself. I, I, and I felt, you know, I was like, you know, 
was was I again? Was I was I completely stupid? Did I completely misread the situ- the situation? Did I create a false perception or fantasy in my head? Was he just not that into me? And and you know all the questions around self confidence was was I just not good enough? And did my expectations get me into trouble? You know, um, though I think the more that I think about the, the, the ponder the situation, I reflect on the situation. It's so unfair for me and for women in my position who where you know there who there are plenty of to just feel, I mean, we feel the way we do, but to just put that blame on ourselves, right? Completely, because it takes two to tango. And some questions that I have for this guy are, you know, why did you lead me down this path if you weren't prepared to literally and figuratively hold me, right? Why did you ghost me? How did you go from enthusiastically eating me out to completely ignoring my text message? You know, like these are, these are, questions that I have for him that, you know, like he, he, he contributed to the situation, you know, totally. That came up because of the, his actions. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it's interesting because I actually, I actually ran that situation by Jake because I respect him and wanted to know his opinion. And he was like, oh yeah. But he was like, if I was traveling and I had sex with a woman or even just spent the night with her, you know, I would, reach out and say like, Hey, I had an amazing time. I think you're an incredible person and I'm not feeling called to meet up again, but I wanted to talk to you and see how you're doing. And like, what's, what's going on, you know? And I was like, wow, that's leadership Mm -hmm. to me. That's, that's leadership. I'm like, yeah. And he was like, are guys not doing that? No. And I was like, are you serious right now? Like, are you, are you living in the same world that that the rest of us are living in? Like, no men aren't doing that. They don't know how to do it. They've never, They've never seen it done. They've never heard no. about it being done, really. And they don't understand the after effect. I think yeah. if they grasped the after effect, they would be more careful and more considerate. Because I really, truly believe that they don't want women to feel worse yeah. after interacting with them. I really don't think that. All men want you to have the best freaking experience ever of your freaking life with them and talk about them and think about them forever. So two <laughs> things that are very brief is... Um, I guess for the men listening, the, like closing the circle, if you guys think about closing the circle, men and women, I guess, but closing the circle was the thing that makes the most sense to me as a pitcher, that there is that impact. And if you don't close the circle, it doesn't, it doesn't leave the woman feeling like you're amazing afterwards. Mm-hmm. At least you're feeling confused, yeah, vulnerable, and all and of alone. those shitty feelings said. And the second thing was that Um, in hearing all of this, I really do believe that men and women have equal responsibility in this situation to advocate for their own needs and stance. And there is a part that if men want the woman to swoon and fall and really be like this awesome little surrendered female, they really could do a different job in making really clear boundaries and space and saying what they're available for or what they want this connection or this night or this weekend or this relationship to be. Yeah. Carrie, did you have a thought? I'm, I'm resonating with, with all of that. I'm really feeling what you're saying right now, Z is like, it's really just a matter of like, what, what's the experience that we're trying to create? I would like to be able to be fully surrendered in my feminine. And in order to do that, I would like a man to take the lead. And I find it interesting that sometimes they take the lead to get 
to the end of like the sexual experience or to have a swooning in a moment. And my heart feels sad that like that leadership stops there. I, I would, I desire, like I crave a continuing leadership. Like even if the container is closing and they don't want any further contact, like can they lead a conversation around that is my, is my dream. <laughs> like if I could put that in the, in the uh, suggestion box, men, that would be what I would desire. Yeah. And I think, I think it's telling too, that my friend Jake said that of like, you know, cause so much of modern communication happens over text. But what he said was if I was traveling and that happened to me, I would call her, mm-hmm. right? I would call her on the phone. Yeah. I would figure it out. Even if I was in a foreign country and WhatsApp audio or whatever, like call her and say, I'm not feeling called to continue this connection. And how are you doing? Mm-hmm. What's, you know, like creating some space around that. And like, I really appreciated that. Right. Cause that feels very much like it would, I would feel taken care of. Mm-hmm. I would feel taken care of. Even if you really still feel difference. sad, you feel like this person is a solid person and I feel like of. they cared for yes. me. In this. Instead of dropped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the ending that we're responding to. It's the lack of connection or care in the transition, whatever that might be. That is the response. I mean, our bodies respond to that. And as as feminine beings, we're being penetrated, you know, and I think that is challenging for, for men to sometimes understand what happens to us physiologically, energetically, uh, as that's happening. And I think that's a whole nother conversation, but I feel like that's part of the impact here is yeah. that, that takes a lot to, to be in that position and to fully, uh, fully receive in that way. And then in the emptiness of that, it's like, how do we stay connected? Even if the connection is a conversation, like I don't want this to continue and I care about you. How are you? What do you need to feel, you know, well moving forward or complete, complete. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for saying that. I feel like that was really well said, especially about, mm-hmm. you know, the surrender part of it. Um, and I'm wondering if anyone else has, experiences of men that they feel like are energetically like responsible with their sexual energy? Like what, what have you noticed in those men? Hmm. One of the biggest things that I want to point out is when a man is, is responsible with his sexual energy, I don't feel crazy after. Interesting. That's what I've started putting two and two together. And that feels really good. Like I can be so fully expressed and I don't feel crazy. I'm not waiting by the phone. Is he texting? Is he responding? Is he this? Like, because there's just clarity. And I find my, my crazy wakes up and I don't mean that in a judgmental way. But my, <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. You know, my, that voice in my head is like, where is he? Does he care? Do I matter? Am I, am I important? Am I special? Is it going to go on? Where are we, what are we doing? That voice is not, is not there when the energy is clean. So that's helped me to clarify like clean energy versus leaky energy or unclear energy. And do you have any, like, are you just talking about like a man that was clean with his energy and in like he came to you and was like, I would love to have a sexual experience with you and I'm not available for a relationship, but I'm really attracted to you. Are you open for that? Is that what you mean? Like, was it experienced it that way? I've also experienced it. I'm thinking of someone that I dated for about three months and uh, we just got to a point where he wasn't wanting a relationship and he could feel that I was. And he actually came to me and said, I'm sensing that we might be moving in different directions and it doesn't feel you know, good for me to keep moving forward. And I, so I want to, I want to ask, like, are you anticipating 
closing this container, moving toward monogamy. And I said, yeah, I actually am. Are you on a different page? And he said, yes, I'm not feeling like I am ready to settle down completely. I want to keep options open, although I love what we're doing and I'm open to continuing dating. And I said, yeah, that doesn't feel good to me. I I want to free myself up to move toward a monogamous connection with somebody. And he said, thank you for letting me know. I, I really honor that. And it just seems like, you know, we're at a crossroads. And so it was like the cleanest break. Like I was sad, but I had so much respect for him. And I, I just thought it was the most beautiful thing. I I talked about it for a long time. I cheered him on. Like I just was so proud of the way that we both navigated that and the energy. I just was able to like, I think I cried for a little bit, like, well, that was interesting. And I thought we were going to move forward and possibly do something. So I kind of grieved that projected future that I played out in my mind, but it was for like a minute versus like for months that would have been, had we not had that conversation and kept it clean and clear. Yeah. And I really love the attunement that he had. Like he could feel that you wanted that. He could feel something. And so he came and proactively said, I'd like to talk about this. I love when men do that. I'm thinking of a guy that did it on our first date. So we like met at a club, we slept together, you know, and then he took me out on a date and on the way home from the date, he said, so what are you looking for? Like, let's just talk about this. And that had me trust him so much Mm -hmm. more than other men. Like, I was like, oh, wow, you're going to lead this. I don't have to do all the emotional work in this relationship. Like, even if it's a casual relationship, I think there's a way that I have felt like I have had to do a lot of the emotional labor of, of leading these conversations. It was such a relief Mm -hmm. to have a man actually say like, what are you looking for? What am I looking for? Let's discuss this and just put it on the table. I was like, that's fucking awesome. I feel so much safer just relating with you in general. Yeah. And the person that I talked about in this episode, they actually did that. They initiated that conversation. And I think that's why I respect this person, even though the ending was a little bit sad and a little bit fuzzy towards the ending, um, because I still actually had good feelings for this person. And when I think about him now, like in this moment, I have good feelings for him. And I think that's the difference between having a connection that's not, you know, whatever, even though there's weird expectations or unstated expectations. And for example, Nancy's connection, you know, that he just dropped off and there was no conversation. There was no follow-up. Like that's, that's the difference of the impact is people don't have to do it perfectly, but they can try. Yeah. And it really, really helps. It really helps relax the feminine. It really does. Um, Nance, do you have any examples of men you feel like are a good sort of example of being clean or responsible with their energy? Well, yes, I do. There is one story that comes to mind that really stands out to me most. And it was, uh, I was in, I was in Vegas for a weekend and I went Love with it already. a bunch <laughs> before we even left the club, you know, in the middle of the dance floor, he just he just put it all out on the table. He said, you know, I think you're, you're beautiful and you're smart and you're wifey material. And, and with that, I'm not in a place to be in a relationship. And he just said it straight out on the dance floor. Okay. <laughs> and I was, I was like, wow. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me know. And then we ended up we ended up, I ended up going back to his place that later that night. And, you know, you kind of, you know, did the deed 
but that felt, it felt so good just knowing where I stood with him, yeah. you know, and, and going in with those expectations. And I, I you know, I want to say that really just putting it all on the table is the clearest and most kind of direct way you can, the best way you can approach these situations, because even, you know, implications and assumptions like those and, and kind of not, not putting out your intentions or not setting up those expectations is so dangerous. It's as dangerous as like, you know, lying about them, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I really, really like that he was on the dance floor and he was like, let's just cover all the things. <laughs> I love this. But it's so, it's, I do, I guess that's sort of like what I hear in that is like, my, my stomach relaxes when I hear yeah. that. Like, I, I just feel more relaxed in my body when a man leads like this. It's like, ah, oh, like I can kind of like, it just, I feel relieved mm-hmm. and then ready to surrender more in a way. And so, and I feel like I'm at choice, right? Like I know what's going on. So if I'm like, right. you know what, actually, I really like you and I really could see myself with you. So it's not going to be a good idea for me to sleep with you tonight you know, that's great. I kind of know what's happening and I feel like I can make a quality choice, like a really good choice. Right. Um, and then I think, you know, just one thing I also want to put into the conversation is I think a lot of women, because they blame themselves and they feel like they shouldn't feel these feelings of heartache or being dropped or all of that, don't tell the men. Yeah. Right. So I think that's a really important thing to sort of share is that you know, there might've been, you know, these, this kind of impact in, in your past and you might not have been told about it. And you might've assumed like, God, if she was crying for five days straight, like she would have told me, right? No, because we feel so ashamed and we feel so, there's so much other shit going on for us in a relationship. Yeah. Like when there's a container set, when you're my boyfriend and I'm your girlfriend and I, then I feel safer to share about my feelings because I feel like I have the right to them, but there's something about this particular thing that I've seen that's like, we're not always sharing. And, um, in my case, like I did, I did share. Um, and what I really would have loved is like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for that to happen. Like, you know, let's try to fix this. Like, I really, I wanted it to be a good experience. Three sentences. Right. Three sentences. Um, (laughs) Instead of like, well, I didn't mean that to happen. Like you're, you're sort of responsible for your life and your, and your choices and your feelings. Like it felt a little bit sort of like, well, that's not my responsibility. Like, that's not, that's not on me. That's kind of like on you. Like you took it there kind of thing. And I, I, like, I understand that there's some kind of and here about the taking care of. Right. So I guess I just wanted to point that out because I would bet that 99 times out of a hundred, the woman isn't sharing that she felt dropped. Cause it's like, well, it was just one night. Well, it was just one weekend. Well, it was just blank. I don't have the right to actually feel hurt. And I feel like yeah. I do share my hurt. I'll be seen as crazy. Mm-hmm. I'll be seen as too much. I'll be seen as making a big deal out of nothing. I'll be seen as, you know, fill in the blank. And like, to be perfectly honest, that was kind of the experience that I had when I shared, right? Like I didn't really feel like met in that. It was sort of like, yeah, well, that's sort of you kind of making it as fantasy or like you, you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. did something with mm-hmm. that. I didn't mean for that to happen. Like that, that wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mel, I feel called to say that sometimes even when in my experience, like even 
really good men are doing this. Like you don't have to be like ghosting or, or completely being like an obvious jerk to not meeting, to to be not meeting your woman or the woman who is confronting you about something like this. So I love these really clear like statements. Like if I just heard, um, wow, I, I had no idea that was not my intention. I I'm really like sad to hear that that was your experience. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, and you know, yeah, what do you need now? Or, or how can I, how can I be here for you or something like, yeah, that's all I really need. Like, I don't need an explanation of, you know, of why you did it or anything. It's just like, that makes sense. Like, I get it. I, I didn't know I was doing that and, and I didn't mean for it to feel this way. But now that we're talking about it, like, this makes sense. Yeah. Thank Find you. Find the part of you that can understand, <laughs> you know, like how that could be true and, yeah. and build that bridge to, to further connection. Like, I think that feels really good to me as a woman. Yes. Thank you for saying that. And I want to say one more quick thing is that we all sort of talked about the impact of that and how it really guarded us towards people in the future. And so I think that there is definite, there are definitely many times in which I have things that have made me feel that way. And in the last experience with the person I talked about after I processed my sadness over it and kind of picked it apart a little bit, what was really important for me was that this experience actually could be a way to open myself up to different connection because now I was able to really fine tune what I wanted and allow people that have that frequency into my life. So now I have the opportunity to ask people three or four questions when I'm getting to know them. And if they're not at the point where they want relationship, I get to choose from the very beginning because of this wonderful person that taught me through a little bit of a painful experience for me that I don't want to be in a wishy-washy situation. I want someone who's really clear that they're looking for a relationship. And so because of this kind of, you know, painful, a little bit experience that I did have, I'm grateful for it because now I get to know exactly what I want. And in a sense, when I go out into the world, I don't feel guarded in the same way that it's painful and prickly. And I don't want to let people in. I'm just very clear on are you a person I want to let in? Yes or no. Do you want relationship? No. Okay. Yeah. I'm not open for that. Do you like, you know, do you want relationship? Yes. Great. Let's see if I can connect with you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. start to wrap up here. Um, I'm just wondering if there's any last burning shares that people have. I have a burning share. I feel yes. like I can t- this could be a three hour podcast. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot here. There's yeah. a lot because the subtleties are, yeah. yeah. Right. So nuanced. <laughs> but uh, what I wanted to, to share very briefly is to kind of harp on some of the things that were said. And, you know, Carrie mentioned that uh, these guys aren't bad guys. They're, they're not terrible guys. You know, they could be really like my guy, for instance, I was so attracted to him because he was, so kind and he leaned in and he was introspective and he asked great questions and he was so generous. He, you know, when we went out for beers, he paid for our beers and he bought me drinks and he bought me, he he paid for breakfast and, you know, and, and he, he was, he's a really good guy. And that doesn't yet, you know, that doesn't, you know, good, good people, good, good men, good women, whatever can do, can have behaviors that are, you know, kind of hurtful and to other people. And so I wanted to harp on that. And I also wanted to speak to Mel's question about 
communication. And yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the experience. I've learned a lot. I'm still processing and still just gathering more insight into, you know, the way that I think, the way that I relate, the way that I see the world and, and use people as mirrors and what, so on and so forth, all that good stuff, right? And still, when I was going through the, 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 the situation, I I mentioned earlier in the call that I, I really wanted to say something and I didn't because I didn't want to come off as crazy. So you know what I did instead? I completely deleted his contact, deleted the text thread so that I would not do something impulsive like that. And I, I did the best that I could with the resources I had. And obviously in retrospect, yeah, I wish I would have said something. Yeah, I wish I, I could have taken some time to gather my thoughts and to to share my truth without the expectation of anything coming from it, right? Without, you know, expecting for him to respond, without expecting for him to, to you know, come back and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry and let's meet up and let's whatever, da, 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 right? Just so that I could just spread that message and so that I feel like, you know, First, for me to validate my truth and also to just, I think, bring consciousness and bring light to situations that we are awkward, that we don't really want to talk about, that feel very vulnerable, you know, because there's so many, it's so personal and there's so many emotions tied to it. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, and still there's a part of me that's like, oh man, I wish I, I, I wish I could have, though I, I don't beat myself up because I know that I, I did the best that I could with the resources that I had. I think that though, you know, for women listening to this episode, um, I want to share the, I want to share and say that, you know, men, hopefully men who are, are, you know, striving to be more woke and more, more conscious become better men because of the truth that we share with them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, um, I agree. I think the, I think sort of to speak to your point about like the guy that I was interacting with was amazing. Like he was great and it was, there was so much resonance and, and it's because he is an amazing guy that I was interested mm-hmm. and I was following, you know, like if he hadn't been amazing, it wouldn't have felt kind of as bad and it wouldn't have felt kind of as, I don't know, jarring. And, um, and, um, and you're right, Nance, like, the, you know, the only thing we can do is to, to speak our truth and to share our truth. And, and we're not always met there. Like I didn't totally feel met when I shared, but I'm still glad I shared because mm-hmm. I, I, I feel more expressed. I feel like I'm in the game instead of like passive aggressively not messaging him back or like, you know what I mean? Like I think the choices that I would have used to make would have been not effective anyway. And also just less like uh, conscious. So I'm, I, I love what you said about like, there's so much value to us kind of sharing, sharing the impact. And then just to, to throw that out there, it feels really good when that is met with sort of like, Oh, I hear you. I hear that that was your experience. Like, I kind of feel bad if, if you feel bad, if you don't feel bad, you know, don't say it, but like, this was someone that you liked that you had a great experience with. Like, you might feel a little bad and that's okay. That's actually appropriate. That's part of what makes you an empathetic human. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to marry that person, 
but sort of like, wow, I really, I hear that you felt dropped. Like, yeah. Wow. Cause the whole point is connection. Like we want connection. We love connection and all of this telling your truth, being there fosters connection. Any last thoughts before we wrap Carrie? No, no, thank you. I felt really excited. My intention before recording was expression and I feel excited to be able to express this and to imagine that it would support women in feeling liberated to and validated and have permission to have their full experience and to share it and to bring it to light and to be supported by it so that we're not feeling crazy as we have these very normal experiences. And yeah, and that men could hear our side of things and ones that that want to shift the experience and create more connection with women that they yeah, be inspired by what we talked about today and to feel our open-heartedness that they don't have to do it perfectly. We just want to feel their effort and their genuineness and their heart as we're all fumbling through this relating process and trying to, uh, to create loving experiences with one another. Yeah. And kind of take care of ourselves and take care of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, that's the end is like, yes, I'm responsible for my experience and caring, caring, Mm-hmm. for the other person that okay I think we'll wrap there thank you so much ladies this was really special thanks thank you thank you that wraps up another episode of dear men thank you for listening if you want to reach out we would love to hear from you we're on instagram and twitter at dear men podcast that's at dear men podcast or facebook we have a group dear men podcast We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day. 